Welcome to Thrive, the podcast. So today I'm speaking with Marianne Hartley. Marianne is an author, brand designer, and energy healer. She's also the founder of Hartley and Soul, a branding and design agency. Marianne has worked with clients such as Toyota, the Queen's Diamond Jubilee pageant, Intercontinental Hotels, Bacardi, and with other entrepreneurs, visionary business leaders, and startups. Her book, Align and Shine, Gain an Unshakable Foundation to Build Your Legacy Brand, was a finalist at the Reader's Choice and the Business Book Awards in 2023. In this conversation, we uncover the way Marianne became a leader in branding design and what it took her to get here. Welcome to Thrive, the podcast. Today, I'm speaking with Marianne Hartley, author of Align and Shine and founder of Hartley and So, a branding and design agency. Welcome, Marianne. Thank you, Liz. Thank you for inviting me on to Thrive. You're so welcome. I'm so thrilled to be having this conversation and I'll I'll tell you why. You know, we just before we started, we were talking about the energy and your journey with really honoring and valuing what you could deeply see at quite a young age and how that gave birth really to Hartley and Soul and the path that you've taken. So I'd really love to share that with with people, you know, that that journey that you've been on and, you know, demonstrate the power of following what we know to be true in our heart mm. versus following the path that has been told to us. Mm. Mm. Yeah, thank you. So the best way is probably to share an anecdote with you that takes us back to my childhood when I was I was about five at the time and um, my mother had a very dear friend, a very eccentric artist. And um, we used to go to see exhibitions and galleries pretty, it might've been monthly, might've been weekly. It seemed like a lot. Mm -hmm. And as a child, I'd, I was intrigued. I mean, I always felt like they spent way too long in these spaces, right? Because they could spend half an hour in front of a painting and by after 15 minutes, I was ready for the next thing as a child would be. But one thing struck me and stayed with me since then is that the whatever the exhibition was, there was a, an atmosphere that I could feel and sense being in a museum or a gallery and it was, it was something that felt very nurturing. And, you know, the paintings were like an invitation to question. And they always left me with something that I walked away mm. with. Mm. And I particularly remember one exhibition from a Swiss uh, artist called Odler. And he'd painted his wife who was dying. And the paintings were really quite stark. But there was such beauty in them as well. And it was, yeah, it left a really deep imprint in me. And I remember 
going out and then you know we we went out into the street and I saw billboards and I was like gosh the 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 feeling and the energy I was getting from these big images was so different to what I'd experienced inside the gallery and it it left me slightly puzzled because out on the street I felt like the images were very loud they were like they were jumping out at me and felt like a punch often Mm. and in a gallery and in a museum the images were like like a window that sort of invited me to enter another world Mm. and I was wondering why they weren't more people in galleries and why the pictures we were seeing on the street had to be so different. Mm. So then as a teenager, uh, I really noticed how the the images I was seeing didn't make me feel very good. And I was curious about that. So I'd walk down the road and see an ad and I was like, gosh, I really felt it in my body. And afterwards, with some questioning, I realized, well, actually, the images we're given or, you know, shown are quite, make you feel like either you fit it, you fit in with this picture or you don't. And if you don't, well, you know, who are you and how do you fit into society? So they, the images were asking me to either look a certain way or have certain things. And to me, they didn't neither felt and sounded true. Mm-hmm. So this led me to then uh, study graphic design. And I thought, if I don't like what I'm seeing in advertising, is there a way I can A, understand how it's done and maybe offer something different? Because I was thinking, wouldn't it be great if we walked down the street and we'd see images and read messages that really make it made us feel good and we'd get to work and we'd feel empowered and we knew what we were here to create and contribute and it would lift us up mm. whereas I felt the images were actually doing the opposite mm. so yeah so then I studied graphic design and was really yeah absolutely loved loved the um graphic exploration and how you could communicate something through an image Mm -hmm. and um, another influence in my childhood was nature Mm -hmm. Um, and my parents having divorced when I was very very young I did spend a lot of time at times alone in nature and I felt nurtured and one of my favorite places was to sit in an apple tree in the garden. And that felt really like I felt supported mm-hmm. by the tree more than by uh, the family structure. Yeah, yeah. So with nature, I noticed that with similarly with art as well, well, in nature, you know, there's there's the colors, there's the shapes, there's the patterns, there's the textures and there's also an energy so being out in nature I always felt um, yeah I felt I felt nourished and um, you know later on you discover when you do some research around nature how well 
nature has a, this ability to also regulate our nervous system and because we're we're part of nature right yeah absolutely I so felt that also growing up in you know an expansive horizon by the mm. ocean and oh you wow just, you know you just dream your imagination doesn't have a limit in that yeah. environment because you can see as far as your eye can go yeah and just the landscapes that we live in where you know we're closed off a lot of the time from that mm -hmm. expansive landscape I think it has an impact you know yeah yeah on, on what we believe is even possible yes yeah totally so I guess at some point so you you're Swiss you live in Switzerland but yeah. you came to London for a little while yeah at the beginning of your career I believe as a graduate yes so I'm I'm Swiss and British my father was was English okay and so I'm dual national so I have roots in in both countries yeah. and I was curious I yeah one of my dreams was to to live and work in London and in my mind I thought I would just do this for a year so after finishing college in Switzerland I arrived in London with my portfolio under my arm and thought I would work in design and branding for a year and return back to Switzerland. And this one year turned into 29 years. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> London seems to have that impact on people. <laughs> yes. I remember meeting uh, the girlfriend of a friend and she said she was she was Spanish and she said to me, oh, I came to London and I wanted to spend three months and I've been here three years. And I was like, oh, my goodness, what does that mean about me? If I want to stay a year here, what does that mean? <laughs> what was that journey like for you? You know, being in London, being in a a place that was partly home, but partly quite unfamiliar. Yeah, no, London was totally unfamiliar, actually, but. I was really intrigued. I'd um, between fifteen and eighteen, I'd spent three years in the UK, but out uh, in Sussex at a Steiner school, oh. and so that wasn't too far from London. And we'd come up to to the big city every now and then, and that's when the dream arose of, you know, I would love to 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 live and work here at some point. But obviously, when you visit a place and when you live in a place it's a totally different experience so I'd I had visited London when I was 10 that was the first time I came to the UK with my father and my mom uh, visiting my family and then when I decided to to come and live in London yeah it was it was incredibly testing like mm -hmm. everything was tough where I was living was um was difficult the journey to where I was at first uh it took me five weeks to find my first week of work and I was offered um yeah one week work one week's work in a small agency in Holland Park and I was living in Manor House which was over an hour's journey one way and yeah it at the end of this first week 
my boss said, okay, see you Monday. So I knew I had another week and it was very, very precarious to start with. And, and he was probably a complete lunatic, which I didn't realize until later on. Cause one, one day I was the best, the next day I was the worst. And he oh. always had a black sheep right. every day. It was somebody else. And we'd sort of know within the first five minutes when he'd walked through the door, who it was going to be. So if it wasn't you, you were like, all right. So okay. that's his family dynamics playing into his role as CEO. Oh, probably. Mm. Yeah. And he was so, you know, he was absolutely charming at times and then totally just like he could break you the next moment. And it was really, I as it was my first experience in the working world in design I wasn't sure if all the CEOs were like this or mm. you know I didn't have a comparison well I think of my 18 19 almost 20 year old actually 20 tomorrow and I think about his experiences of you know who he is facing that type of world mm. yeah it's quite the initiation totally yeah and you know as hard as it was at the time I mean nothing was as tough afterwards so it really was actually now I can be thankful you know that it was so difficult and um so it was about like th three after three months he offered me a full-time job and I I turned it down because I was like, no, I'm not going to, I don't want to be tied into something into dynamic like this. Um, but in the end, I ended up staying a, a full year and then freelanced in a different company after that. And yeah, really every, every other company I then worked in was just, a, I mean, so much easier and so much more supportive and so much more. Yeah expansive mm. than this one mm. so as you were freelancing what at what point did you that awareness that you had when you were four or five start to kind of come back in and show itself mm. so so I'd always like obviously loved London also because of the the the, the culture and the art scene so I'd go to exhibitions and uh, concerts and, you know, and the theater. So the, the visual, like the art world always fascinated me and has been part of my life throughout. So that was always there. But then I remember going to my first mind, body, spirit uh, event yeah. and I just I was fascinated you know by this like other worlds the sort of world that you can't necessarily see but it's there you know you sort of feel it and um but you it's harder to describe because you can't say well it looks it's this shape and it's you know mm. that size and you can fit you can grab it and hold it mm. and because it's much more intangible so um I absolutely loved that world, but realized that my colleagues in the design world weren't so interested. And so I didn't talk about it because I obviously didn't want to be 
seen as uh, too woo-woo or, you know, too different. <laughs> I wanted to belong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I did. One of the first things I did was uh, to do a, a Reiki course. So for, you know, energy, energy healing. And I really, that was, that must have been in, must have been in 2000. Yeah, I think that was around 2000. And again, I, that was a world I was totally fascinated by, but hadn't, yeah, my friends at the time were not. Mm. And my colleagues at work weren't either. So yeah, it's something I just pursued for myself and then created another sort of, another world of, or another area of friends who were interested in this. Yeah. Uh, but for me to then the visual, the design and the energy made complete sense together. Mm. So it was a bit like I was living in two worlds and they. So how did those two worlds come together? Because it's not, <laughs> not it's not an obvious it's not obvious to everybody, this type of connection. No. So really, they came together fully for me when I launched Hartley and Soul and mm -hmm. I launched Hartley and Soul in 2013 mm -hmm. and it was thanks actually thanks to my business mentor Mike Harris mm -hmm. where I felt the support to actually bring these two together yeah. and when I launched it Liz I honestly I felt like I was having a doing a coming out I was <laughs> terrified oh. I was completely I felt I had the feeling I was going to be rejected by the design industry that you know well that I was doing something so different and odd that you mm. know mm. I was I was really I was scared mm. but for me it made complete sense but to for me for it to make sense for me and then to say this is I'm a energy healer and designer and uh, I create brands that connect to the heart and are a true reflection of your vision and values was huge and yeah. obviously as you know with all big challenges or things that terrify us once we go through it it's incredibly liberating yes yeah yeah I really get I mean it's isn't it beautiful how your name just feeds into the name of your business <laughs> you know, it's like in this moment you're you're putting your heart and soul into the world and you're showing yes. the world you're saying this is me and I'm taking my place here yeah you like it or not yes and that's the the point of going yeah I you know to value ourselves to honor ourselves whether whether or not anybody else does to know yeah. that what we hold inside, you know, that's your unique, your unique essence, your unique code is was to see this connection between mm. energy and image. Mm. And to be able to translate that in a way that when we see something, we receive its energy, yes. not its visual imprint. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And yes, that the fact that everything has an energy really 
I'm sure you've had this experience of walking into a space and just not feeling good at all. Yeah, sometimes you see a picture even of oh, yeah. property and oh, you gosh. Can immediately see that something, you know, I've I've had it where I felt like I'm standing in a graveyard with a ton <sighs> of you know, it's like, what is that? Yes. Like, you know, I don't want to be there kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's not logical, right? It's not something you can describe with logic, but it's something you feel and you sense. And I believe we all we all have this. Um, we pick up things energetically all the time, but because it's not so logical, at times we probably go, oh, it's, you know, nothing's wrong here, everything's fine, I can't see anything. But spaces hold energy so you can also walk into space and feel so good and you're like wow obviously in nature this happens a lot right mm -hmm. you you walk down you walk along the beach and look at the sky or look at the sunset and you're like gosh this is so beautiful and you know your body relaxes and you feel more at ease you feel more connected to yourself and suddenly you feel connected to others and the world because beauty has this impact on us you know there's something else about that I'm just seeing that even when we're outside and say it's winter and everything is broken down and all the leaves are on the ground and you know there's maybe have been a storm and so there's tree trunks and other pieces of nature di disintegrating and degrading it still feels good yeah because it's real mm. And that's part of life, right? Things grow, expand, and then they wilt and they die. But it, it's for the next, it becomes soil for the next generation or the next. In winter, it looks like nothing's ever going to grow again because it looks so dead. Mm. Yet under the ground, everything is is ready. And you're like, wow, how is this possible? So we're still feeling this energy, even though yeah. we cannot see it because it appears to our eyes that everything is dead. We can we're still connected to the life force of. Yes. Yeah. And we, we feel energized and invigorated by being in it. Right? Yeah. And I think one of our challenges at the moment is that we often we forget that we're connected or part of nature yeah because everything we do you know we're on our devices all the time there's so much input that takes us away from our nature our true nature and nature outside so you know most people don't look up or look around anymore because or we don't you know we're looking at our phones even when we're walking down the street and there's so much to see always and there's beauty all around us that can uplift us or bring a smile or how do you bring the this into your design work because obviously you know design for a lot of companies who seek branding you know they they do want something that's penetrative yeah and um impactful yes so and and what we're talking about is the energy of what is real mm -hmm. how do you how do you marry those places mm. in your work for your clients yeah so if you look at 
the design of designs I've created, they'll always be simple. Mm. So simplicity, a we remember things, you know, that are simple, they stick in our in mm. our minds. Mm. So it's got to have a simplicity and an elegance and elegance and simplicity last and that they stand the test of time if you look at brands that have been around for a long time their their visual part will be incredibly simple most of the time one of the challenges that most uh, entrepreneurs or business owners face when they create their own brands is they want to say everything with the logo and actually it's definitely a less is more, but being able to to capture the essence, which is what really the you know the the book is all about, is it's understanding first what's the reason why you are doing the work that you're doing, the mm. the types of clients you actually really want to work with, mm. what your contribution is to the world you know what is it that you're bringing that no one else can bring mm. really defining this that's the essence that once we've captured it this is why I don't do any designs nothing visual until we've really sensed this and captured this essence once we have it the intention with the the logo and the the website and all the the visual collaterals is for this essence to be present present so it's like an imprint in the visual but it's something that's um that's energetic so really the, the logo it's fascinating <laughs> to hear you say this because I looked at your site a while ago and and now you talk about it's remembered and I remember what I some of you know that because I looked through some of the examples mm -hmm. I remember you know, whereas it's interesting, isn't it? You can go on a website, you can see all their branding, but mm -hmm. you not necessarily remember it. No. But it has a big impact when you look at it, but you don't remember it. Yes. Which is fascinating. I'm just seeing it now as you've described it. Mm. Yeah. And obviously, you know, a brand, a logo for a business, of course, it's there to to sell your product it is there it's it's to support you being successful in what you do absolutely if you have a beautiful brand and nothing happens that's it's not a successful brand mm. um but when when you have a brand that really captures your essence it it does a lot of the talking for you when you're not around right because people sense we're actually attracted it's all the way we buy things or the way we are drawn to a specific person or a specific product we we think it's rational but really it's an emotional decision mm -hmm. it's an emotional decision and then we rationalize mm -hmm. but also it's an energ energetic connection we either feel drawn to certain things and mm -hmm. not to others yeah, you spoke about how important that is, you know, to set up that polarity, as it were. Yeah. 
you want to yes. tell us a little bit about why that's so important mm. okay. so so once you're really clear you know what's unique about your offering and who your ideal audiences your ideal clients the ones you love working with and the ones you know that you can really help to thrive um when when the brand and the logo is created with this intention you know i create brands with the highest intention for the business owner for the employees for for the clients that this brand will support it's it's like an energetic imprint it's a little bit like your fingerprint because it's totally unique there's no even if there's a, many coaches there's not two coaches that are the same and you're going to bring something that's totally unique that's going to be exactly right for certain people and not right at all for others mm. and having this uh, intention and real clarity that these are my ideal clients um it's it then becomes part of the energetic design of your brand so you will attract you know you will attract the, the clients that are right for you and it's usually there's a sort of a halo of other clients that won't be specific but that they'll still be absolutely aligned with you because they're they're drawn energetically to to what you're offering mm. and the ones who are not drawn to what you offer they're not the ones you're here to serve yeah yeah and it's you want this to happen within a millisecond yes mm. <laughs> it saves you time it saves them time you know you actually only want to support people that you can truly support yeah you don't want to work with people who aren't you're not the right person for them yeah absolutely 100 percent. yeah it, it's actually costs everyone isn't it when that happens it's a, absolutely absolutely uh, damaging to everyone yes yeah there is no such thing as you know how, how would I put this yeah it, it I mean there's all sorts of different conversations in the coaching space around that around you know the types of clients who you serve and the types of price points that you serve at and mm. it's really to do with the core fit it is regardless of all the other conversations it's the real seed of the fit what's yes. possible here what's truly possible in giving a client the spaciousness to do that work that they yeah. they are responsible for you know that's right holding a place for the for it to be become seen yes to become tangible yeah known to them and that's the journey I feel when you describe your journey you know that you had this sense around imagery and at some point you had to choose to listen to it yes because you could have easily gone gosh there's something wrong with me I'm too sensitive 
they, you know, so I won't follow this path. I'll do it the way everybody else is telling me to do it because that's acceptable and mm. that's getting all the money and that's the acclaim and, you know, that's the success path because mm. there are people who create that way and the success is through the roof, right? Yes, yeah. And, and so we go, oh, well, in that case, then that must be the way because... Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the way that I'm being drawn and shown couldn't possibly be right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there must be something wrong with me. So what yeah. was that place in you when you went, oh, I've got to listen to this. I've got to bring this to the world. I've got to show my heart and my soul. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I have absolutely gone through these, you know, sort of the doubts as well or the, well, maybe I have definitely gone through the I'm too sensitive I'm just picking up too much but then also actually there was this book also about 20 years ago about the highly sensitive person and that was an eye open and I was like oh you know I'm not alone this is mm -hmm. there are other people who are highly sensitive and it doesn't mean there's no such thing as being too sensitive it's just well you we all have a different map of the world, right? And we need to understand a our own map. We need to understand the world sort of around us in mm. the world we live in, and how do they how do they match, and how can we make it work? <laughs> well, and, being sensitive is a superpower, not a not um, yeah. You know, it's often perceived as a weakness. That's right. In fact, it's um, utilized powerfully it's 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 a superpower yeah. yeah yeah and I think you've probably noticed this or come across this often you know the challenges we experience either in childhood or later on can become our power when we dare to look at the that painful event or that mm. you know for me it was the abandonment when my parents divorced when I was just under three and I didn't realize until I was maybe 18 that I had this real you know fear of being abandoned and it was it was sort of yeah it was present in every situation especially in my personal in my personal relationships and did that uh, sorry <laughs> I want to ask you questions as you <laughs> no it's fine go ahead I was going to ask, did you see that again when you were launching Hartley and Soul? Oh, my God, yes. Yeah, no, I mean, there, it was it was stronger than that. I mean, I had sleepless nights. I was I was terrified. I thought I was going to die. I was thought I was going to be killed. I mean, you know, and it's not rational. Yeah. But, uh, well, you know, that could take us into totally different conversation as well. But, um, but this you know, this difficult situation or trauma I experienced as a child, I'm, I've realized how it has made me super sensitive. And I can, you know, I can sense or pick up people's um, state of mind or where they're at. I'm, it's made me more empathetic. Mm. And mm it's helping me to also connect with people and to to get them on a deeper level mm. so it's a gift it's become a gift absolutely mm. 
So when it comes to the energy and heartly and soul and working with the clients that you're here to create for and with, <laughs> what do you notice? What do you see? What do you experience? When I was looking for the name of my company, at at one point, I was thinking of calling my company Healing Designs. And healing has, you know, it's like, that really felt too woo-woo and, but really it's the sort of, this is what I do, but I don't have to say it in this way. And uh, my dear friend and colleague, Nina Jenkins, who came up with Heartly and Soul, and when she's, I'd asked her if she could help me uh, with the name and she was working for Virgin at the time. And she said, well, I can't, you know, really, I can't work with um, outside agency, but you know, this is what came to me this morning in the shower. And when she said Hartley and Salt, I burst into tears. I was like, oh my God, yes, this is it. You know, it was like, I felt seen and I felt like it just, yeah, I felt completely energized and moved. And so, so um, what happens? So when the, with a, with a name like Hartley and Salt, of course, I'm not going to attract everyone. I'm probably not going to attract uh, people in the tobacco industry, which is fine. You know, there's there's a lot of companies or a lot of people that are not going to be interested in what I'm doing at all. And that's great because, yeah, we're that's fine. You know, it's important that we we're clear we're not for everyone. And, and that's a good thing. You know, we want to truly serve the people we're here to serve so the clients and people I attract are visionary business leaders everyone I work with is passionate about what they do they really have a desire to make a positive difference in the world and they truly care about what they do and it's such a joy to work with clients like this because we align on on our values so I have clients in the education, transformation, law, finance, really very, very varied areas. But there's the actually the humanity and the care about what they do. Mm -hmm. That that's where we, yeah. we come together. Yeah. It's so funny because I was going to say that finance came in quite strongly. I, you know, I was thinking about how that's such a journey, you know, mm. that's such a big journey of entrepreneurship, handling that side, you know, yes. you have a vision of a business, but, and that side is like <laughs> a whole other entity. Oh, yes. And now there are lots of really talented coaches and consultants starting to voice that more and voice that journey for people more and give space to that to be witnessed and held you know because because there's so much tension there often you know yes. to a business it becomes about where do you invest yes. your resource to keep growing and there are yeah. so many decisions to be made in yeah, absolutely and yeah it's it's a enormous area of um of change as well i would say in yeah. 
awareness and choices. Yeah. And with with finances, I mean, I believe we all have a money story. So there's our personal money story and then there's the business money yeah. story in a sense. And um, so, yeah, that's a huge area of growth, I think, for pretty much everyone. Yeah, yeah, so, so true, especially as more people now. I mean, it seems to me a lot of people are moving from a, a world where they had a steady paycheck and a steady job to mm-hmm. people going, oh, I, I want to kind of do my own thing. I want to work yes. my own way. I want to, you know, and more and more people are choosing that. And and yet possibly without the awareness of what that brings. Yeah. <laughs> you know, riding yeah. out the waves of <laughs> clients, no, you know, maybe no clients and, you know, yes. the whole journey in that. Absolutely. I mean, the entrepreneurial journey is absolutely up and down and there are challenges and there's huge rewards. And, but if, if uh, a specific paycheck at the end of the month is important, then the entrepreneurial journey is definitely not for you mm-hmm. because that's the one thing that is going to be, you know, really up and down and it can be, you know, up and up and not fully down, but mm-hmm. most of us have a very up and down journey with, with the financial aspect of our business. Mm-hmm. And you'll have, you'll have times when you totally overbooked with clients and then when it's quieter and, you know, it's, it's, it has got a life of its own. There's two questions that come up for me in that. One is what have you noticed with energy around that? Mm. And what is the, in what way does branding and design support the stability of that aspect of a business? Yeah. So I'm going to answer your second question first. So your brand has so I can show share an example of sort of a before and after I've one of my clients she was like before we worked together she was like oh I'm so embarrassed to give out my card I re I don't like giving out my card because it mm-hmm. the design hadn't been her choice and mm-hmm. she didn't feel like it represented mm-hmm. her and what she did mm-hmm. uh she was in the um in the letting like letting of flats and uh so so we created we renamed the business and created a new a new design and she was so excited about her new design that she felt like she you know she just was inspired each time she looked at it and it it gives you energy so when you love your brand and when you know that it it truly reflects who you are and what you do. It gives you energy on the days when, well, you know, there we all have ups and downs and there are certain days where it's harder to get out of bed. But when you remember that, oh, yes, you know, your business and your brand stands for what you're here to do, it can support you and give you that energy again mm-hmm. on those days. Yeah. And with the first question so you know energy is pretty much present in everything but what i've noticed 
for myself and most of my clients is when when we get out of alignment with ourselves then our clients suddenly you know quite there's less clients or it quietens down and when I'm fully aligned and when I'm in flow my clients are also drawn so it's mm. yeah mm. you book you wrote this great book, Align and Align, and we're going to get to that. I just, before we get to that, my question is like, what, what is, what are the, what are your keys that you bring yourself back to when it comes to when you want to come back to your own alignment? Mm. Yeah. So there's um, my one, there's more than one, but my one go-to, whether I'm feeling stuck overwhelmed or out of alignment I just take myself out into nature I go for a walk I'll spend time in a park or in the woods or if I'm by the sea by the sea and I give myself an hour or however much time I have it can be five minutes if it's a you know super busy day but that's going getting taking myself away from my desk and into nature and if that's really not possible then I take five minutes and look out mm. you know into the sky mm. and breathe yes remember yeah. to breathe because when we're stressed we don't breathe very well yeah and then that's so true I know that from me from a very <laughs> good experience the number <laughs> what not just myself but clients in the past where actually you don't you're not aware that you're not even breathing properly no yeah. And the more stressed we are, the tighter we get in our bodies. Yeah. So it's actually doing the opposite, you know, or mm. dancing around the flat is another is another thing. Just to yeah. get yeah. into the body and shaking it out. Yeah. <laughs> um so tell it tell us about, you know, writing this book, because I think you you shared earlier, you know, you you went on this little journey where firstly you saw about writing the book, but the book wasn't really speaking to you. Mm -hmm. So you kind of waited or, yeah, tell us. Yeah. So, yeah, so I did, I did write a first book that I didn't publish. Um, and so Align and Shine has been over 10 years in the sort of brewing and in the making and the first book I wrote was before I'd launched Hartley and Soul so it was before I'd consciously brought healing and design together mm -hmm. and so there was a bit that was missing it just wasn't um it wasn't complete for me so with A Line and Shine it was a journey and Liz, I don't have children myself, but writing the book was the closest I got to giving birth. Mm. And the highs and lows and, you know, the the how often I wanted that felt it felt too hard and I wanted to give up. I got I had a writing coach because I knew I, I need I wanted to have this accountability and somebody who was going to just be there along this journey with me. Um, it allowed me to really clearly, much more clearly hear my limiting beliefs mm. and they seem to be on loudspeaker. Mm. So, 
<laughs> it was a way we're creating something new <laughs> and different to what we've allowed ourselves to create before. Yeah. Yes. And also up until then, I was supporting my clients. I was creating something for someone else mm. with the book. This, this was like, this is what I'm doing. This is it. Yeah. It's not that it was about me, but it is the book, you know, no one said to me, you have to, you know, I'm, write this book. I felt like I wanted to write it to support business owners who who are setting out to create a new brand and multiple um, mul entrepreneurs who've launched multiple businesses but wanted to go to another level, to really bring something that's really unique and mm -hmm. bring the fullness of themselves into this new business that they're they're creating. So I wanted these messages to be to be more readily available, just for more people to be have access to them. And um, so the you know writing the book really allowed me to 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 realize that there there's really three parts to how I work with my clients before I start on the visual aspect. So the, the book, Align and Shine, Gain an Unshakable Foundation to Build Your Legacy Brand, it's really about all the invisible things that underpin a brand, right? So mm -hmm. it is your values, it's your vision, it's your mission, it is who your ideal clients are, it's also what's totally unique about you. So we, when I work one-on-one -on -one with my clients, we work to really like draw this out and okay. um, it's a beautiful process and it's always different. And so this is the first part, which really is linked more to the right brain, sorry, the left brain, the logical brain. And then the second part, which I often felt was really missing in uh in branding and design is going into like tuning into the heart and connecting to the heart and this is how you and I met with the the intuition work mm. and it brings us it takes us it gets us out of our heads and it brings us into our heart and also connects to our soul and really what's at the at the heart of what we're creating it's it connects us with the essence and then the th the third part is bringing really the left left hand left side of the brain with the right side of the brain. So we're bringing logic and intuition together to mm. create a really beautiful foundation to to build the brand and to to create the the design that's going to hold this energetic information within it. You know, as you shared this the thing that's come for me and I, I asked you you know it feels to me like this is a new level of branding and design this is a way almost of teaching it to branding and design agencies it almost feels like there's another book called something along the lines of the energetics of branding oh you know, I love that that just yes. brings yeah agencies to your door hmm. you know there's this sense of 
maybe they've had a very successful branding company, yet the edge of competition has caught up with them in some way. They've noticed a slowdown in the momentum or, you know, this the contracts or whatever it is. Mm. And, you know, when they deepen in that exploration, I see it doesn't just change the branding, it also change and, and their delivery of that to their clients, but it also starts to transform the people in the agency that they're working with. Mm, beautiful. And, you know, seeing that, that little girl at four, that's, that's the seed inside of her to bring mm -hmm. the humanity into a much more conscious relationship with our purchasing power as consumers, for example. Yes. You know, it's, yeah. what are we actually creating and generating here i i was speaking to a lady i know who works in water, mm. water board and she was saying the thing that people don't understand is the resources of the earth and when the when the rain falls and it lands on the ground it takes a thousand years to go back to the main body of water and wow. when we're filtering it we're filtering it and we're cleaning it with all the gunk all the oil all the waste all of this and all of that and it's a massive job, but the public don't see it. So when we say there's a water shortage, but there's loads of rain, they don't believe us. Mm. You know, and I just see there's this there's this expansive opportunity for better communication through the yes. branding. Yeah, absolutely. And and true communication, because you know, consumerism is not making us happy and is killing the earth. So buying more things, you know, there's this, we've been sold that by buying this product, we're going to feel fulfilled, but that, that hole that we may can feel inside of ourselves can never be filled by something external. Yeah. We can appreciate things, but like, so beauty has a way of filling or, you know, nourishing us and filling that void and, and I do believe like nature beauty and beauty in nature has a, a healing effect. And when we feel connected with ourselves through beauty, we feel connected to others. And then we want to naturally take care of the world. But when we feel disconnected and there's so many things that lead us in this direction mm. on a daily basis. Absolutely. That dis disconnection, the discord, it's like, yes, wobbled frequency that yeah. runs through and distorts and disturbs us constantly yeah and then we go for things that are just not true that's right and we we're all I think we all want to feel whole and feel loved and give our best but when when we're feeling disconnected or it if we're in comparison with all the input we get on social media these days is it's it is literally like a visual attack mm -hmm. and we have to be really discerning not to go down you know mm -hmm. I really feel for for young people mm -hmm. I don't know how I would have 
dealt with it myself yeah yeah it's i i see it in you know hiding you know it's like we, we begin to withdraw yeah then it becomes a journey to have the courage yes to come back out yeah but to come out from within yourself rather than yes. come out because you're trying to brave it. Yes, you know? and that's, that's right. It does have a big energetic impact on our central nervous system. And yes. We could have such a deep conversation about that as well. You know, it's like yeah. what is stored in our central nervous system that we just try to push past all the time or we yeah. just have to ignore all the time. Yeah. Um, which That actually, we numb. Yeah either with food or visual things or yeah yeah the real opportunity though is to allow ourselves to feel it to see it and to sit with it and then to begin to to invite what the growth is what's the opportunity like you like like you seeing very early and then eventually reading meeting that point in you where you allowed yourself to receive it mm. your own knowing your mm. own wisdom your own inner guidance and then meeting the people who are able to draw it from you to yeah. help you craft it to help you bring it to light and that's the role of any good coach really mm -hmm. you know to, mm -hmm. to create that for clients that space not mm -hmm. the end result they're creating but the spaciousness to for them to to receive and integrate yeah yeah Marianne, thank you for for joining me. Where can people buy Align and Shine so that they can dive into their own branding journey and and where can they reach you? So Align and Shine is available on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And if you want a signed copy, you can email me. Okay. Uh, Amazon is the simplest because it can be delivered all around the world. And you can contact me, connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm also on Instagram. On LinkedIn, I'm Marianne Hartley. On Instagram, it's Hartley and Soul mm -hmm. uh, for the business and Marianne Hartley for my personal one. Okay. They're the best places okay. to meet and connect. Okay. I'll definitely put your details in the show notes as well. So listeners can go to those show notes and find you easily just by clicking the link rather than typing it all <laughs> that's in. better <laughs> yeah that's absolutely <laughs> what i'll do thank you so much and thank uh, you liz and a beautiful conversation really um nourishing nourishing conversation mm. well thank you for creating this space and for holding this space for these beautiful conversations I really enjoyed it. Thank you. If you love this episode, please like it and subscribe to the podcast. To reach Marianne, please visit the show notes where you'll find all her contact info. To reach me and find out more about my Clarity one-on-ones, the intensives, or my connection immersions, also visit the show notes. You'll find a link there to my free community, Thrive, where I have content that you can preview at your leisure. Thank you so much for listening.